0: Olympic tours flaming we burn so sweet, the thrill of victory, the agony, defeat. We crush slow, flamin', deluxe slow, for judgment day coming. Alright, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey. Jonas Clark, producing <inaudible> spinner, the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Doseckies. Alright. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Maestro de Bell. All right. Keep in mind, it is sourced from a single state using the finest 100% blue agave. It's double distilled Asian European white oak barrels. And also keep in mind, it is an official tequila of the PGA Tour. And it's official tequila of the sports grind and official sponsor of the sports grind and the studio Maestro de Bell tequila. 877-37-GRIND all right so here we go okay so now it's time to go ahead and do the uh east all right it's time to go ahead and do the uh nfc or excuse me the afc east so let me pull this back up here real quick and no that's not what we want here patience all right here we go all right so the afc east i will start from the bottom again and work the way to the top um to me, let's see here. We've got, this is, you know, honestly, the first division we've come across so far. I will just put this disclaimer that everybody is plus on in this division. Plus money. Because that just shows you really how competitive this is probably going to be and how much they might eat each other alive. So, with that said, somebody... Is going to have to finish last in this division. Okay. Um I'm gonna go ahead and start with this is tough. I'm gonna go ahead and start with trying to pick them throughout the uh the the, the division here. The finish last, I would have to go with the Buffalo Bills. That's right. I said it. Call it the man Curse or whatever you want to call. Um now they are the shortest odds, the favorite technically still, even though they're at plus one. They're at plus one twenty. They haven't been plus odds in this division for like the last three years. They're at plus one twenty. Um I believe that there's something going on with Diggs and the organization. A lot of it you hear, they feel like he's thinks that they've let their window pass, or you know, Josh is not really looking his way or wherever the case may be. That's kind of what the word out there is. Um, and also I feel Von Miller on the IR to start the season for four weeks uh, is gonna pay some dividends. And I just think in the division along with the Jets, along with the Dolphins, the juries out on the Patriots, but the bottom line is I think both of those teams have closed the gap if not surpassed with skill positions of talent. And also I just don't believe that they are committed and Josh can say what he wants to say, but until I see it for at least a quarter to a half of a season because I'm pretty sure they can come out first couple of weeks run 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 run, but how far do, how long do you go back until you resort to your old habits? Okay? Um. So I just feel that's the way I, I think they're going to take a step back I could totally be off by this I could totally be off But somebody's going to be finishing last Okay So third Okay Finishing third I'm going to go ahead and go with I'm going to go with the Jets I'm going to go with the Jets. They are a plus 240 to win the division, okay? Um, It doesn't mean that they're not going to be a playoff team. It doesn't mean that this Aaron Rodgers situation is going to be a failure. It just means that I feel that even though you're adding Aaron and he's bringing quite a few people that he's familiar with – and Garrett Wilson, I'm hearing that is one of the favorites for Offensive Player of the Year, you know, pre-flop, according to the people out in Vegas. Everything could be go, but somebody's got to finish third. I just think this is going to be a product of their first – like, NFL didn't do them any favors. I mean, they're gonna their first four games, five games, are against some good defensive fronts that this offensive line is going to be tested early. But I think within the division – I don't see them wrecking shop in the division. I see a lot of splits. Uh, You know, um, I really do. So with that, they could still be a playoff team. This is definitely a division that I think can send three teams to the playoffs. But I'm going to have them finish third. Second, I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. Um, I think the addition of Bill O'Brien... Um, to have some offensive stability. I think Mac Jones knows that he's playing for his starting NFL future and a new contract, Um, and I think he's out to prove to say, hey, if you give me a coordinator and give me something that's competent, a coach, a coordinator, and some type of playmakers around me, it'll bode good. The other thing is I've seen this story before, and i said this before when it happened. I remember there was a running back that was supposed to have been washed up Left for dead. A lot of teams didn't want him. He was repl- he was released from a team by the name of Cincinnati Bengals. And his name was Corey Dillon. And he was almost at the same point of the career in his career where Zeke Elliott's at. I think Bill Belichick, this is basically Bill 101, I think he's gonna to find to get a lot of a lot out of Zeke. I think the the presumption that Zeke, of course he's not Zeke coming straight out of Ohio State, he was the first couple of years. Yes, he's lost some of his explosiveness and stuff like that. But I think the miss, this misnotion out there that he just was so horrible and he just had to let go. I mean, he scored twelve touchdowns last year. And there's one thing the New England Patriots struggled in last year and that was points in the red zone. And I think Zeke Elliott is going to be at a good addition for them especially in the red zone he's going to get a lot of goal line looks in the red they still got their main guy that's going to be the running back but I think Zeke is going to do a lot of work in the red zone he's going to be a physical back and he's going to be running with motivation and so that four I think is going to pay dividends so and I think Zeke you can find him late in a lot of y'all's drafts and it's nice to go ahead and stash him because I believe especially if you're in a non-PPR league that does touchdowns I think that's going to bode well Um Anyway, keep it moving. So, number one, it's all the it, it all centers around one thing, and that is the health of Mr. Tua, okay, who picked up a little bit of weight in the offseason to help taking some of the blows. He went and trained at Cobra Kai in karate, learning how to fall, doing all this. And I was sold once I saw him come at Ryan Clark and slap back. That let me know what kind of edge he's got. I'm riding both of my fantasy football leagues future on uh, tour. Well, actually one of them. I missed them on the red draft, but, but really tour because I've got both of their receivers. I've got Waddle in both drafts. If you had not had a draft yet, go get Waddle. You'll get him. Because at the end of the day, Tyreek's talk about two grand. If two was up, I think they were on the pace to break this last year. If he stays healthy, look, they are going to be dynamic. And I think the other addition to this, what I like, going against an Aaron Rodgers, going against a Josh Allen, going against a Mac Jones, you have Vic Vangio. You have brought over Vic Vangio. Vic Vangio might not have been a head coach, which I think he did a fair job in Denver in his time in Denver. I just think he inherited a mess in the front office, the whole non-ownership, things going on with John Elway and Joe Ellis and stuff like that. I think he did a pretty good job, especially (laughs) after what you witnessed with Hackett, you know. But I think definitely he's a lot better when he can, you know, focus on one unit, And that is a defensive unit. And I think, you know, you're going to get Jalen Ramsey back at some point. Um, I think Chubb is going to thrive under him. I think he'll be able to push the right buttons to get the best out of Chubb. They've got playmakers in the secondary. I think the Miami Dolphins, if Tua stays healthy, they will win this division. And they will be a legit Super Bowl contender. So I've got them winning the AFC East and they are at a plus 300. So just to look at these odds, I mean, they're pretty tight. I mean, New England's the longest shot at 850 to win the division. That's hell of a value. Concealing Bill Belichick in the division, he might not do it, but that would be great value. Plus 300 is Miami, plus 240 Buffalo and plus one, no, excuse me, plus 240 Jets. And plus one twenty Buffalo, so that's how I see it playing out, Jonas. Well, again, I didn't have the
1: odds beforehand, but I think that the sports books and I are looking at this pretty similarly. Hmm. I do have the Patriots bringing up the rear. Okay. Um, just not impressed. Just okay. Still not impressed. I'm not saying again, third spot here. I'm not saying that they don't make the playoffs, just like you uh, hmm. with your third spot team, but. The Miami Dolphins, um, I want to believe in them. I want to believe in them, Calvin. But it's just they've got so much going for them, uh, but there's still a long way, I I feel like, especially in their division, a long way to go in terms of climbing over the top two teams. I do think that the Bills, because the Bills, the big question for me is still their defense. And you got McDermott running things with Frazier on his off year, his sabbatical year. Hmm. Um that's really where I have the questions. I do think that they'll run the ball uh a bit more this year. Uh but I, I think that their numbers been out been taken and, and the New York Jets therefore I have on top. Okay. Um there's there's a lot I, I know they've been talking again, I I don't know I use I use this against the Cowboys, but I know the Jets have been kinda of talking a lot. They're featured, you know, obviously on Hard Knocks um a new episode last night. Mm. Uh but I feel like they just up and down that roster, they've got it all. They've got it all. Miami still wants to tweak their backfield, so they're t- that's telling you that they're not a hundred percent sold on that. Um, the Jets have—they're uh, picking up Dalvin Cook. You have bringing Brees Hall. Uh, I think that the Jets can
0: get this done. So. I think they're in the East. Well, in the, a little bit in the Jets' defense, the one thing you said, I, I think there is a difference between them and Dallas. I, I think that <clears throat> there is a difference in their defense. I mean, they have sucked out, I've said it, I mean, the the Aaron Rodgers situation, and, you know, even without the hard knocks, but I do believe the Jets have sucked the air out of the offseason, the national football season heading into 2023. But the reality is you don't hear the talking of talking themselves up. You don't hear them coming in and say, hey, we're not going to be pushed around. And nobody's touching Aaron. And, you know, Aaron saying, hey, I ain't throwing 10 interceptions. You know, their coach saying, oh, well, this is this. Yeah, his coach had to respond to some comments from Sean Payton defending one of their own. And I think that's respectable. He's supposed to do that. But I don't think it's the same talking or attention that you're seeing in the Dallas and the Jets. I don't think that's the same thing. Not not at least where I'm coming from. Not, not, not the place where I think it's more of Dallas trying to talk themselves and hype themselves up because they do feel the pressure the nucleus of them do feel the pressure. When you say that they think they got it all, I mean again, that's your opinion. I just another reason why I feel like with the scheduling, but I think there are still concerns with the offensive line. And and the bottom line is, you're playing in the division. We know the Patriots can get to the quarterback in June. I mean, you go look at some of the young picks that Belichick has picked up. I've looked at them in preseason. They're going to they find ways, even you know, systematically to get to the quarterback. So uh, you know, you look at I brought up Vic Fangio in Miami. You know uh, The last time Aaron Jones I mean Aaron Jones The last time Aaron Rodgers Faced Vic Fangio He got turned inside out It was on a Monday night And he came in And ran to a buzzsaw Um Actually, no, I think I might have misspoke on that. I think, you know what, that game I'm thinking about, that was years ago. That might have been still bum son, aka Wade Phillips there, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I could my memory's bad, but the bottom line, he took a L in l in, in Vesco. And another thing is with Aaron, you know, look, man, he he's one of the guys that I think a lot of people forget. He's you know, he does look he's more happy now. He looks like he's more joyable. I think he's trying to be a better teammate. But people fail to realize Aaron is one of those players that benefited from Russell Wilson last year being so awful. Be in the center of like, where did the, what happened to this guy? This guy's done, and they gave up how many picks and paid him two hundred fifty million. Aaron and Tom Brady, but Aaron dodged the bullet because Aaron's play did. You know we're we're talking Aaron at the Jets because this is Aaron of the two back to back MVPs. But reality of it is he did not have a good year last year to Aaron Rodgers standards. Okay, so we've got to see in maybe in a better spirit, a better, you know, you know, mindset. Maybe we see the old Aaron MVP show up. We'll see. But I just think I'm just saying that. I mean, that's your opinion, pick. But to sit there and say they have it all. I don't know about that. I mean, they have youth against their side and they have a shaky offensive line that's going to have to be coached up. But we'll see how it plays out. But I'm very confident. I don't know if I'm going to get the orders right. But I'm very confident if Tua stays healthy, they're going to win that division. I just think that they're going to be – there's not a defense – I mean, solid defense is playing. I mean, his D-line play – in the preseason, they play like a bunch of piranhas they are they, aggressive. They're going to be they're going to have a very physical. They're going to look like some of those old 49er teams in defense. They've got the talent to do that. But in my opinion, in this day and age and and you know the rules and where we're at, the challenges that Miami due to the fact that their play caller, their head coach and the weapons they have, speed kills and then the rules of today's game. There is not a defense in that division, and that includes one of the best defensive minds in this generation in Bill Belichick. There's not a defense in that division, and I don't think there's a defense in the league. If two is healthy and their parts are healthy and their line protects, there's not a defense in the league that's going to be able to stop them and slow them down. Now, Now, does that mean are they my Super Bowl pick? No, I don't know yet. Probably not. But at the end of the day, I'm just telling you, they are going to be a problem. In the, if they st- this all relies. You talk about pressure. There's a lot of pressure on that offensive line in Miami, because that offensive line is going to be the difference between them possibly being a one and two seed in the AFC playoffs to basically finishing third or last in that division and not even making the playoffs. That is what's riding because the one, the way I look at it, it's connected. The offensive line is connected to Tua's health. Tua ain't never been a guy that's going to run around and try to pick up that. Tua wants to make a play from the pocket. He can run. He can throw on the run. He can throw on his right. He can throw. But the health of Tua is connected to that offensive line. And you talk about probably – You won't hear this anywhere else because there's a lot of meat on the bones for people to chew and people say, oh, he's under pressure. But if you really look at it, no one's talking about it, but if you talk about units that are under pressure on out of 32 teams, in my opinion, the Miami Dolphins offensive line has the most because you've got a guy that is very, very capable, speaking with Tyreek Hill, of getting 2,000 yards in a season. And I think if Tua doesn't get hurt, I think think Tyreek has 2,000 last year and I think Waddle's knocking on the door right around 1500 sometimes things come to those who wait but i don't know how it's going to feel but i'm very confident if the health is not an issue when i say health they're going to get injuries but i'm talking about big injuries i think legitly they will win that division we'll see how it plays out you listen to the sports grind today's show is being presented by dosakis we are broadcasting here from the maestro de bell tequila studios calvin casey jonas clark producing spin of the one and twos we'll be back At oh. a whole top down all right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producers of the One and Twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. We know the summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know just only much hotter. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. And don't forget, always Zing Zang responsibly. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So, keeping it moving. So, we've got our divisions. And I was just telling Jonas during the break. I think, you know, because we did, you know, tomorrow will be here. Tomorrow will be a lot we'll look at. I'm going to look at a couple College games, it's on the, the docket. I know one that I kept because it kind of came across to the news. But before I get to that point, um, we'll probably, we got two divisions left, and then I've got the Super Bowl pick left. So probably since we're going to be off on Friday and on Monday, then probably what we will do is we will parlay when we come back Tuesday. We'll finish up those two. We'll probably use a division uh, on Tuesday, division on Wednesday, and then Thursday. Of course, week one, Kansas City hosting the Detroit, pick the Super Bowl and pick the conference championship games and go from there and get it started. So, with that said, you want to add something real quick? We well, it's
1: just interesting that the remaining two divisions we have are the AFC North and the AFC West.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't, it, it happened that way. It wasn't totally done by that way. I kind of basically picked the ones that I kind of really already knew and a couple other ones that I just kind of want to get some more time. So it wasn't really purposely done that way, but I hear you. Um, but before we do that, because, uh, you know, tomorrow, we'll, like I said, I'll look at some of the uh, key matchups coming up this weekend early in week one. It usually takes me a few weeks to really break down these teams the way that I see them and what I'm seeing, um, you know, uh, but I will tell you, number one, uh, what came across my radar uh, today in regards to college since we're a few days of getting this going, um, you know, number five LSU is going to be... They're taking on, actually, number eight FSU. So that's obviously going to be a game that's going to be on my radar week one. Uh, But it found out today that their running back, John Emery, is going to be out that game. Um, Now... LSU, I've already said this, that I really feel that they were way, way, way ahead of schedule last year. I mean, you know, I think first of all, you know, I'm not a huge, huge Brian Kelly fan, but I think Brian Kelly probably didn't get enough credit for going into the SEC his first year and going into a conference from South Bend and being at Notre Dame. And, you know, having talented Notre Dame teams but getting their ass kicked when they got to the Final Four. I don't think he got enough credit for going to the SEC Championship game um, in his first year at LSU. And I think that, I think it's JT Daniels, I think is the quarterback, or uh, I think that's the name, but. uh, Uh, Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, I'm sorry. This is his second year from Arizona. I mean, this will be his second year with Brian Kelly. He transferred over from Arizona State. Herm Edwards, when he was at Arizona State, he had him there. Uh, But I think him going into the second year with Brian Kelly, I think he's going to be in Heisman conversations. And and I just feel that. I'm surprised, you know, because, again, Georgia going against, you know, chasing history. You know, Michigan has a top five AP pre-poll. I think there's a lot of other teams that are kind of getting run. You know, we talked a lot of Coach Prime, which I've got an update here with him here shortly. uh, Try to get to before we get out of here. I just think that LSU, I'm definitely going to be interested to see how this Florida State game goes because I'm kind of high on LSU this year. Um, even though I've got interest in Alabama, Roll Tide, I just feel like, you know, there's – at SEC, the crazy thing about it, it's still going to be about defense and line pay. But, you know, what's crazy about it is coming a conference that wasn't that – I like that at one time, but it's really coming very dependent on who you got as quarterback. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's the way that I see really, and it's crazy. Because seven, eight years ago, ten years ago, There was not really – SEC wasn't known for stellar quarterback play. It was known for running, defense, physicality, line play, D-line play, and coaching. But now a lot of it is stemming on quarterbacks, and that's why I'm kind of a little bit high on LSU because I'm kind of high on their quarterback. What do you got?
1: Well, and in that matchup, um, Jaden Daniels, you mentioned him in the Heisman race. He is number two. Uh, over, uh at the books right now plus oh, 1100. Okay, so I figured. And then uh the matchup against FSU gives you a top two of the top four Heisman candidates uh cuz Jordan Travis, Florida State's quarter, uh, quarterback is there at plus 1400 uh tied with, tied with Sam Hartman and uh Cade of uh, Clemson.
0: Um so Yeah, I mean, it's going to be It's going to be premier. Yeah, we'll see, and I'm still eager to see what Florida State's about. That ranking AP is kind of surprising to me. Um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of high. I can't remember the last time Florida State has been in the top ten in the AP preseason. It's been a while. It seems like it, uh, but definitely we'll get more into that. But speaking of college, uh, I brought it up in the first hour. You know, Nebraska, which uh, Colorado uh, plays, um, they had their tight end um, pretty much arrested. Um, he's uh, Eric Gilbert. And he's arrested for felony burglary, burglary charges after allegedly robbing a liquor and vape store. And the video I told you in the top of the hour, it's sad. And what I mean by sad, look, you know, the reality of it is, is a lot of these kids and young men get recruited in some of the from the toughest parts in this country. You know, whether you want to say urban area, you know. Hood, Whatever you whatever adjective you want to use. The reality of it is some of them are brought up in only one life. They know. OK, and not everybody's getting NIL deals. Not everybody's getting money riding around on campus. I get all that, you know, and again, I try to be careful because this is coming from a mind of a guy that is 46 years old now. OK, not 19, 18, 20. But what is sad to me is that you show how determined this young individual is when you look at the video about getting into a liquor store and a vape shop, which to me, I understand. I mean, because, again, you know, I've always said this about criminals. I mean, I've never been a criminal, um, you know, but having a criminal mind. But I've always said, you know, if you're going to rob something, I mean, it, let's just start with, like, you know, and I I get it. The vape business and cartridges and stuff like that, you can go to online. You can go to your local barbershop. You can go flip that stuff, and you can make money. I, I get it. But in regards to, I think it was, like, $1,600 uh, value. I don't know if it's in cash or just between that and the product. Uh, stole, um, and,
1: and worth of stolen uh, items. Uh, stolen items, $1,600? $1,600, report,
0: yeah. His determination, it's just really know that, like, look, this is a highly recruited tight end. And, again, Nebraska's program is down. They've hired Matt Rule to come in. I mean, Matt Rule has turned around a lot of college programs. That's why I'm more eager to really see Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffaloes against Nebraska in a few weeks than I am to really see him play TCU. I think Nebraska's more of a measuring stick because both of those programs, Nebraska and Colorado, have just been down. They're just down programs. Um, But it's sad to me because an individual with that talent And the amount of money that is being thrown around In the National Football League And on Sundays To think that there's nobody around him Or there's nobody in his life That can really sit there to Regardless if he's a person that comes from that environment Or, you know um, I don't know, mom, dad wasn't around or this. was not. There's somebody that he grew up with that is in his circle, that knows that has communication with him and it's sad that his, my opinion, that his infrastructure around him is not strong enough to where he's on the verge of really like, he's in the game. Like, there are lottery tickets. Not everybody's going to cash in a lottery ticket as a winner. You might get your three bucks back for the quick pick with the extra if you get, you know, a mega ball and all that but at the end of the day, you in the game. And if you're in the game, you're very close to catching a lottery ticket. And to go into a vape store for $1,600 worth of merchandise to sell that and be that determined to get in and you are a pretty much Saturday college football player starter, a high recruited tight end, it's sad. It's a sad situation. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of situations like that where there's young men that feel like they're into that situation. And I think that's why it's important for coaches like Coach Prime, whether he gets on your nerves or he's in your face too much or he talks. But Coach Prime is somebody that basically has seen it all. That has been around those kids that this young man from Nebraska basically evidently in that environment comes from or guys or young men that have made decisions to do that or whatever they've had to do, whether it's breaking in a store, where they're stealing, where they're selling drugs. And Coach Prime is the type of coach that you want around your 18, 19, 20-year-old young man, black, white, Hispanic, purple, Samoan, it don't matter. Because he can speak on it, he's got respect, and he knows how to get to them. And I think that is a big, big part of college coaching these days. Because because it's so much pressure to win and to be focused on winning. You've got to be there, and you've got to be in a situation where you've also got to understand part of the job is grooming young men. And not letting young men make decisions that correct their future. You know, regardless, this is a young man for whatever reason, whatever his circumstances, has gone in, is going to get a felony and be a burglary charge that's going to be on his record forever. Now, really, he's gotten a path now to where he's got to hope that he's get a second chance of somehow to get into a division one college or get back on the field to display his talents to even try to get drafted. But again, in the day of Internet and of TV, YouTube stream viral, he can't hide it. It's all everywhere. But it's just I think the determination. Of the video Which which was alarming to me It isn't like Hey man We're going to go in here We're going to go Are we looking around Nobody's there You sneak Some of you come No this is at The darkness of night After business hours And you would swear That this guy Was part of Ocean Eleven's team Going to go ahead And steal a Fifty million dollar Painting Or either There was a safe In there that had About a half a million dollars To a million dollars In cash in it As determined this brother was in To get into A Smoke and vape shop. i feel like saying, "Damn, brother, you get if you, you, you listen to the grind. I know we're growing. I mean, I can call my I can call my people up at Hazel Scott. Hook you needed that bad. I mean, how much damn money you think is in the damn kept in a smoke shop or even a liquor store after hours? But I understand this is a general Don't think about that. But the sadness is just that there's no support system around him. And you know, the, to me. I don't know the updates of it, but this is I mean, this is one of those Matt Rule decisions that, hey, he's got to go. I mean, you know, Jonas feels like when you talk about the gambling thing, you got to go. I mean, yeah, I believe the, the young brother might deserve a second chance. He's got to fight his legal system that he's put himself into. But if you're Matt Rule, you, you, if you're just showing up the program and you have the reputation that Matt Rule has, he's got to go. What do you got? Well, on the Matt Rule factor
1: um, and, and, and Gilbert's situation as a whole. He's transferring from Georgia. He's transferred a couple times because he was yes. at Georgia. He was at LSU. Well, he started for at some? LSU, yeah, um, and then transferred to Georgia. Was there for two years, and now transferring uh, over to Nebraska. Now, because he had already used up his um, ex- his transfer exemption, he was waiting. He he was still in the with the waiting process. Rule was so was hoping to hear something uh, here today or tomorrow about whether gilbert was going to be available this season at all so he hasn't been able he's he hasn't been fully admitted into the program because of the exemption waiver so this is one of those things where if he could have held out for two three more days might have heard something about his future about being being able to play with nebraska so uh rule did say you know i'm not prepared to speak on the situation i don't know anything about it i really just got the phone call and i'm not going to jump to conclusions about things well look
0: I will tell you, um, I will tell you, uh, the question of is he going to be eligible to play and he's going to do this, I just feel that there is, there shouldn't be a discussion with that. He needs to be off the team. Not saying that he never needs to get another opportunity to play college, but you, I mean, you tried to break in. That's like an arm robbery. I mean, that's on video. And for whatever reason, I think a football, in regards to a young man that could possibly not have a support system around him, be lost. I just think football, again, should be at the end of the spectrum. Okay. Now, that's a nice segue to the next thing that I wanted to talk about Saran and Coach Prime. Okay. And I talked about it in the opening. Um, you know, Dion has a player. Okay. That, um, uh, I guess I believe with him with, was he was with him at Jackson state. Okay. With Dion at Jackson state. Um, and the young man, I'm trying to pull up his name cause I forgot his name. Um, Yeah, let me see if I can pull up his name. But he's a young man that basically played with Coach Prime at Jackson State. And um, he suffers from mental health issues, mental issues. Did you find his name? Offensive lineman Tyler Brown. Tyler Brown. There you go. Back to the big, big Brown. Tyler Brown. And, you know, they were waiting on a ruling for his eligibility to be eligible without having to sit out a year. And I guess the NCAA came back and ruled for whatever reason, they were going to rule him not being eligible to play. And so therefore, he has to be sent home. Now, Coach Prime really went on uh, a little bit of tear because he felt that it's hypocritical when the NCAA and I think all professionals, just society, they say they care about mental health of the players but because of this rule or whatever rule case may be you're going to take away football from them so coach prime really went in on the ncaa uh, because they didn't rule in favor of this kid's eligibility to play this year for buffalo he's already suffering from you know mental health issues and now because this ruling and they won't make him eligible to play for this year's 2023 colorado buffaloes uh, coach prime said you know this is a sad situation what do you got
1: i feel like part of this is on prime
0: why do you say that
1: because he well very vocally exploited the transfer system this year the amount of players that he had on his roster and cut and and bringing in that num- the, the the ridiculous number of transfers that he did this is almost like the nc double like i i i I've, it sucks because it does feel like this kid's a pawn uh, in this situation of the NCAA kind of, you know, clapping back at Dion for saying like, "Look, for all the guys that you wanted to bring in just for a competitive advantage, how do we know that this you know, offensive lineman is really one that you want to bring that that's not just for for the sake of putting together your roster and that this time now oh now it's about the player and his mental health." Uh, and forget about the 50 kids you cut that had to deal with the stresses of of of, of finding a new university because they don't well let me tell your, you I whole, think that they don't fit your mold for play, for for what you want for your for your team for your identity and whatever and so you dropped them off your Colorado roster this feels like it's the NCAA speaking back at, at, at Dion and saying look, how, the, all the other kids, maybe it was their first, time, their their one time transfer waiver that they use. This kid's on his second transfer,
0: and this is the one opportunity we have to say no. Well, I think keep in mind because I think what you're using to come back at Dion about, you know, saying well you manipulated or abused the transfer portal, is two separate things because what they're asking for is immediate eligibility for this player to play. Okay, let me read you Dion's quote. It says, "quote It doesn't. It don't make sense." All right. He says some things just don't make sense. You say you really care about mental health, but when you have someone really dealing with mental health, there's a problem. Then ostracizing him and not allowing him to do what he's blessed and gifted to do. And then the thing that presents him peace, that's trying for a young man, that's trying for a young man. Now, keep in mind, the NCAA voted earlier this year to limit waivers for second time transfers. Under the new guidelines, players are only permitted to receive immediately eligibility on their second transfer if there is a physical or mental health reason, or an extinct of circumstance. Yeah, and
1: this feels like trying to avoid jail time because you plead insanity. So how do we know that he's really dealing with something? And and again, how do N- you know
0: he's not though, Jonas? The
1: NCAA is, I feel, is using this situation to get. And like I said, it sucks that it, the kids are pawn in
0: this. It feels like. Well, if did, you're right, that don't make it right. I mean, then that makes it that means it's discrimination against coach prime, but we're running out of it, so we don't have time. Maybe we'll parlay this over tomorrow. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to producers of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio, El Paso, people up in Lubbock, Abilene, people up the Mile High in the Maha City and Denver, Colorado, people up in the Shaw City, and people down the whole three hundred five South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, for either snooze button or for you out the rack, just ask yourself: you grind in peace. See you
2: tomorrow.